0: most people hate selling. And on the other hand, people also hate being sold to. And so it's no surprise that companies just aren't doing a great job of teaching or training salespeople how to close. Well, today's guest is Mr. Dave Yoho, and he's here to talk to us about the science and practice of new age communication so that you can improve your sales. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Contractor Success Academy. Stick around because this lesson is going to be epic. I've personally been looking forward to recording this one for a very long time. We're speaking with Mr. Dave Yoho, whom I've had the pleasure uh, to, to hear speak a couple of years back. And so the moment that I heard Dave speak, I told myself, we've got to have him into the Contractor Success Academy. Dave, thank you for being here today. Oh, you're welcome, Hi. I enjoy the pleasure, and to my Canadian friends. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. Well, if you'd be so kind, I would love to introduce you. You've got a a long laundry list of accomplishments, so I'm going to have to read this one out. So um, I've got your nice bio in front of me. I know most people already know who you are, Dave, but uh, let's take a minute here and just kind of give... The listeners, the folks who maybe haven't heard you speak or present or uh, are familiar with all the great stuff you've done, who you are and what you're about. So today's presenter, folks, is Mr. Dave Yoho, who founded a roofing and siding company at 28, which eventually operated with 22 branches in 13 states. By the early 70s, it was the largest home improvement company in the United States with annual revenue of over $60 million, which in today's world would be equivalent to about $250 million annually. He's currently the president of Dave Yoho Associates, the oldest, largest and most successful consulting firm, primarily working with home improvement, remodeling and home services companies. They have a range of specialties. However, they are widely known for their in-home sales methodology, as well as teaching companies how to become more profitable. Dave's written numerous books, two of which have become bestsellers. He has appeared in over 100 training videos for Fortune 500 and industry companies. He has given speeches in all 50 states and 21 foreign countries. He is often referred to as the Dean of Modern Motivation and Training. I know that you're going to love today's presentation I'm so happy to be able to sit in and listen in on this presentation. Mr. Yoho, can I call you Dave? Oh, yeah, by all means. By all means do so. And and thank you for the nice introduction. I appreciate that. It's a pleasure to have you, Dave. Um, Today we're talking about new age communication, and I know you've got a fantastic presentation lined up for us. I'd like to start by better understanding, you know, what new age communication is. And so if you can just kind of give us an intro into today's topic and what we're going to cover that would be great. I'll hand over the floor to you, sir, and uh, let's get the presentation fired up here.
1: And, and what I do from time to time, I inject the slide to turn attention to what I am speaking about. So if you bring up that first slide, please, we're talking about the science and practices of new age communication. And if I'm real lucky, that slide showed up. And if I'm not so lucky, I'll tell you what it says on the slide. Improved communication techniques, which are embodied in well-trained salespeople, are effective, they create rapport, and they usually evolve into, turn into what we call customer satisfaction. And the use of that phrase implies they are either satisfied or dissatisfied, but that's not really what the word customer satisfaction mean. Those words mean the customer is either satisfied or is there is no satisfaction. And because of that, well, we embark on the theories behind selling and selling as we know it today and selling practices as they're used today. And as these selling practices became compromised during COVID-19, which you experience over there and we experience over here throughout the United States and the world, we have had to modify. Now that in a broader sense is called a paradigm shift. Paradigm meaning the methods, the means by which you do something. They are the base core of what you learn. Then you modify these techniques to uh, project what it is you want to the circumstances that exist. So now the next slide was a picture of me, which I always love to see. I always kiss my picture goodnight before I go to sleep and hope I wake up in the morning looking about like that. But um, I want to make some points very clear. I will say some things which you might find provocative. That's understandable. I come from a background of examination. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on researching how the customer feels and thinks and acts and then we devise systems that contribute to that and respond to the needs of the customer so again if we're having a slide problem let me read the first slide to you whenever an interaction between two or more parties takes place for the purpose of establishing new ideas exchanging goods or services or the developing of a relationship. Doing all those things, some form of selling will occur. And the effectiveness of the person making the statement, the salesperson, will determine the outcome. Now, if you want to search the threads of what you experience as a contractor, the worst things to hear is your price is too high. We're getting other prices. It seems like a lot of money. I saw something for less, so I've heard about something for less. I know you. People are willing to break your price because this is competitive. And they are not positive statements. And in fact, they come about because in the early stages of meeting someone for the first time, this goes way beyond selling in the home. The two people are adversarial. One does not want to let the other know how they feel. So when you get to the home on a lead, which we said, yes, we want to see you, we'll give you sufficient time. And you knock on the door, the person comes to the door, and the first thing they say is, now keep in mind we're not gonna buy anything right now. (laughs) Keep in mind we're only getting prices and we know we have to get at least three. In fact, we've had two already, and we've gone down to Home Depot or whatever to try to solidify our information. And if you're not careful, you will become antagonistic to that because you had a purpose in being there. And suddenly your heart falls, your crest fallen. These people were gonna be a good lead. They were recommended, they were a referral. Why are they saying this to me? Because you're adversarial. They haven't met you, you haven't met them. And so there is no way to define the practice. Why is it that when people drive to go to a department store and they see what they want, the clerk comes over and says, may I help you? And 85% of the time the person says, no thanks, we're just looking. Neither of those statements are true. And it is because of this we talk about whenever an interaction between two and the reason I bring this up again when these interactions occur between two or more you have people that are going to be uh, viewing this that don't like to be seen as salespeople. We train lawyers, we train optometrists, we train dental uh, uh, dental practice people. So uh, our training goes far beyond, and we work with engineers. And I had a contract with. General Electric for 13 years. And I worked with all the different groups. Just remember, the conversation has to be beneficial to the listener. That's where a sales practice is. So stop telling them how big you are, how wise you are, how great your trucks look, and all that stuff. That will come in important as you present your entire proposition. In the beginning, step one is to understand that you are to be present to the customer. So cut down your first-person references and kind of talk about the other person. I want to make another point here that's a bit harsh. And the next slide, I'll hold it up for you to see. It says, most people do not like to sell. Most people do not like to sell, including salespeople. No, see, what you would like is to get the order, get the contract, get the money, get the deposit, perform the task and then cash in the deal. That's what most people want to do. And they want to make it as easy as possible to do that. And what does that mean? Take away all the uh, hurdles and boundaries that the people put up for you. And if you come back and you say to the person who gave you a lead, if you work for that, or, or even yourself, these people were tire kickers, these people were price buyers, no one could have sold them, you're, de- you're decrying or denying your own abilities because what you're presenting is to value to them. It's presented to value to them, meaning their values. And so early on, we have to detect why that is there. And don't, don't feel badly about it. If, if you're not the great outgoing sales type, personality, behavior, these people are invited you into their presence. They're going to permit you time, and and they're going to give you their attention, but only to the degree that you are saying something beneficial to them. So the thing we try to encourage people to do: get a script, do it by a script. Don't don't fly off and start to talk about war stories or casual backgrounds and anything, because here's the second slide. In the first was most people. Do not like to sell. What we like to do is get the order. We like to make it as simple as possible. So look at this slide. What does this say? Most people do not know how to sell correctly. So when you say that, you're embodying a lot of people who have the task, anyhow. I want you to think about this your life experience, your history, all the things you've been trained to do and you do on a regular basis you do because you're comfortable with them. Some of the things you would be better off doing might make you uncomfortable. Now, I will tell you that we took a major survey, 372 companies were taken in the survey, and they went anywhere from companies that do as little as 8 million to companies who do hundreds of millions of dollars. And we want to get at the core of how business was this year. And about 73, 74% of those people had a great year. Starting with March 1st of 2020, when COVID became apparent, and up until the end of February, they had a great 12 months. And why was that? Well, they reacted in a way that what I had originally identified as a paradigm shift. They were shifting, taking the material they know and making it easy for the other people. What was in the favor? Uh, at the, during the last 10, 12 months, that owner, in many cases, was home. All interested parties were there. Sometimes you have difficulty getting a lead to get all interested but They were, for the most part, there. And they were there in your presence and you were getting an opportunity. In addition to which, out of boredom, they permitted you to be there longer than ordinary. So one of the things that the survey indicated was that the average contract for those 12 months in this COVID-19 situation that contract was a little larger than the ones before it. And why is that? You had more time, you were more relaxed, and these people wanted to hear the information. That doesn't mean to make a longer presentation. The presentation will work as long as you're talking about them. And we say they don't know how to sell. They don't know how to sell correctly. And so if you were to look at that, you cannot really do a great presentation until you come and review the project that these people are involved in, in a way where you ask a lot of questions. And forget about some of the old blarney you heard. You know, well, always ask the people how much uh, they have in budget or what they have in mind. That's not the way to do it. If you were to say to some person, no, you have an attractive home here, how long have you lived here? That's going to give you information and start a coda, meaning you'll get more information. So how long have you lived here? And so we've been here for 12 years. And so we're talking about roofing today. Um, how old that roof? I don't know. It was on the house when we bought it. Well, it looks like it's 12, 15 years. Old. Only an inspection would tell us. So tell us, then why do you, what prompted you to call us? Oh, and they'll say things like, uh, well, we saw you ride or your guy stopped around or we saw you working in the neighborhood. Whatever the answer might be. They are giving you an opening. Because your next question is going to be, but why did he call us right now? Well, we had the time or we were here. We thought we could do it. Then the next piece of information will be the most important thing you ask them. What did the person on the phone in my office tell you I'm going to do here today? Uh, guess you're going to try to sell something. Uh, guess you're going to work. Uh, I guess you're going to give us a price. you try to convince us to buy your windows, your roof, your siding, whatever that might be. You don't say yes or no. Here's what you say. We will take a look at what you want to have done and those things you need to have done. And if we can perform those services that fulfill your wants and your needs, we'll give you an accurate written proposal on what your investment might be. I want you to play that over and over again, because you have to say it just that way. If you get on, well, uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to look at it. And then, you know, if we can do it, we'll give you a price. And I know you got other prices. We're not the least expensive. No, 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 no. You see, you've got to awaken in them a want, a desire to have rapport with you. And that calls for a style of interactive communication. I said in the beginning, they're adversarial. They're adversarial because you're coming from two different things. We're only looking. We're not going to buy. I'm only here to show you. I'm not here to sell you adversarial. If you don't fulfill some form of rapport, which gives you cooperation, then you will become antagonistic. What does that mean? You'll invent things to say about them because they will have invented things to say and think about you. What were those things? Huh? Now, these were really tough people. The guy kept interrupting. The woman wanted nothing to do with it. They quibbled about the price, and they wanted us to break our price, and, and they were really price buyers. No, no, no. People don't buy price uh, small percentage of the time. There's no such thing as someone who buys by price all the time. You think there are, but there are people just like you have had human foibles, and what they really are looking for is rapport, a way that they can be cooperative with you. and You want them to be cooperative with you, and if they're cooperative with you, it's because you were cooperative with them. So when you ask the questions, even write them down, occasionally. And so if you say to the person, well, have you had, in the 12 years you lived here, what, what improvements have you made? Oh, well, we had the kitchen done over in the bath. <clears throat> How'd that work out? And they're going to tell you something about that that I liked and some of the things they didn't like. It took them too long to do it. It's a great job, but we thought it would take three weeks, and we had the water turned off for four days. And we could, we were washing uh, our, our dishes in the bathtub. So they'll tell you that. And don't respond right away. Catalog that. Because when you build your presentation around that, you know what these people don't know? Will you, Mark, Will you, Mr. and Mrs. Listener, Will you let someone come into your house without workers' compensation insurance? Don't answer me because it's a lie. You let them come in all the time. You have people doing electrical works. Well, little things tasks you in your house. You don't ask for a copy of worker compensation and how important it is. You call it something different in Canada, but it's the same. It's an insurance to protect you in case the people doing the work, get hurt, and that liability is transferred to this policy. They don't have an insurance policy on their home. No homeowner insurance covers this. You don't tell them that right there because they don't even know that they need that. And if you're selling roofing, Before you ever sell a roof, you should get up and see what the problems are. Often an interior inspection, which goes up in the attic area. Is the circulation of air good up there? Do you have moisture up there? You take a moisture with you or a smoke pen with you up there, and you are doing an inspection on something to call attention to some things they haven't considered. And if they're doing business solely with Chuck on the truck, if I offend you, I apologize. Chuck on the truck is the guy who will do it at the lowest price. And he most of the time doesn't worry about insurance because you can't even get it to begin with. And so that's part of the risk you take. Now, if we say to the people, and here, I wrote a couple books on this. One was called Above All You Need a Great Roof. Another was called Why Buy Replacement Windows? Wide circulation. They're not my best sellers. They're wide circulation. And here's what I say. The homeowner needs to have someone certified that they have workers' compensation, public liability insurance, that their license, if that's required, and it should all be on the face of the contract. And somehow when you present it, you present those things. Now, I don't want to stay too long on that slide because I'm coming to the next slide, which is, look at this one. Selling is the least understood function within most companies. And if I say to you, describe a salesperson, to me what are you going to say? Neat guy, smiles a lot, tells a lot of stories, very cool and comfortable, got a kick with gab. Oh, well, we have a client who last year had a salesperson who had been a civil engineer for most of his natural life until he decided to retire at the age of 58. And at 62, he's the top salesperson in the company, made $280,000 in that particular organization, eighty thousand dollars And if you were to talk to him, he's kind of Mr. Everybody. And he isn't that outgoing and he doesn't dress that well. So if you look at this, you're saying, what are we looking for? We've even designed a whole set of algorithms, which enables us when we interview, I teach my my, uh, my clients to do is, When you interview, get the individual to take a behavioral profile. We designed our own. I spent $185,000 designing this. I want someone out there who has the kind of personality that will listen first and speak second. And when they speak, they're speaking in the jargon, in the words, in the style, in the thinkability of the people who are giving him their time. And then when you get all that information, you make get a part of your presentation. Now, many of your people, and I'm, I'm not down selling this, but many of your people have training programs. Many of your people. Worked for another company before they went in business for themselves. What do they bring with them? All the baggage. So we did this, and we designed it's done electronically. And you could go on our website and see how it's done. Pretty, pretty simple, all electronically. And so when you get this, when you're interviewing someone, you're looking for behavior, not for glibness. Another guy said, "Well, uh, I was the top. I was the top salesman there." And then they change the commissions, or they you Never have anybody that's interviewed that sold someplace else that said I was a failure because I cheated on the leads, and I uh, would, uh, despite the fact I was given a lead, I would call the people up and say, "Will you be home? Are uh, you ready to spend the money uh, if we have the proper financing?" Because you want to make it easy. Everybody wants to make life easy. Won't work if you're fifty pounds overweight and you smoke. You don't exercise and you eat all the wrong foods, I'm going to tell you, you will have trouble losing weight. And if you lose five pounds, you say, look, I lost five pounds here. And then I would say, well, don't look around. It's following you. It's somewhere on your body. It hasn't gone away. Well, this is what selling really is. It's finding out what the core issues which are beneficial to those people. And you do it by a system. We, We call it a methodology methodology and that's why we tell people that selling is a science it's not an art when you see a guy doing it well and doing it fast it's an art form this is not an art form here's another thing you work for a company you did well when you were trained and you've seen this happen if you worked in a sales organization or if you have one as a product or service increases in popularity and use, traditionally, the skills of those selling it diminish. How can that be? Oh, go online sometime, look up Davey Ho. go on YouTube and look for the doorknob closed. You may think you know it. I invented it in 1962, long before Mr. Combo came along and had a series, and it became with the the little cheroot cigar, one more thing. That's what we used to call it, one more thing. And that was in 62. His series went to late in the 60s. What is that for? You're leaving the house, and you haven't sold anything. Just do this one thing and do it the same all the time. It's called a door not closed. And go, go online, as you can see. It doesn't cost you anything to go online and watch it. Normally, at the conclusion of a presentation, which I'm about to make to you folks tonight, I get three kinds of responses. This is called the Permission close. I get three kinds of responses. I get the people who say, oh boy, I think it's just with me and Martha wanted, let's go ahead. Love to hear it. The second one says, nah, nah, I don't think so. I don't think it's uh, for us right now. And the third one says, we'll think about it, we'll let you know, and we'll get back to you. Mr. and Mrs. Jones, may I make a suggestion? If anything you see here you like, let us know you like it. If you don't like it, just tell us you don't like it. And rather than give us an issue, you know, one of the things, come back and see us, come back to us again, because then we're forced to do it to keep you happy. We're going to call you again and come back and see you again. We like to put it in a concise package for you. and If you like it, say yes. And if, if it's not for you, don't hesitate to say no. I say, look at my face. Don't hesitate to say no. And I will take a no, as gracefully as I would take a yes. And don't think for one minute when they say no, I'm going to be downtrodden. Because when they say no, I'm going to say, I appreciate that very much. Do me one more favor. You seem interested, but why are you saying no at this time? See that? It gives you an opening. But don't catalog those people. Despite the varying degrees of marketing success, most companies, I say many companies, are inept in teaching or training salespeople to close. Because closing the sale isn't something that happens at the end. Closing the sale is the natural conclusion to the satisfactory completion of all the steps in its sound sales methodology. Methodology built for the people. Method stands on its own, O-L-O-G-Y. That comes from the left side of the brain, logic. So it's a logical way to present. Now, I, uh, we have a best-selling series. We sell over a million dollars worth of recorded series. It's not a commercial for the series, but to tell you how it implants. We sell over a million dollars of it every year throughout the English-speaking world. We sell it here, England, Australia, New Zealand, Canada. We sell it in English-speaking countries because it is based on a methodology. It's called the science of successful in-home selling. And you can go online and see excerpts from it at no charge at all. And when people call us and want a lot of information, what does it cost to send out a consultant? I say, hey, do you use a sound sales methodology? No. Go online, look at it. It comes to you electronically. I don't know what it costs, $8,900, dollars whatever it is. It's a lot less expensive than bringing one of my people in to see you or coming to our seminar. But do come to our seminar sometime. You're going to see the kind of energy about this industry that you would like. Now, all that being said, uh, Mark, I, (laughs) I made a speech rather than being interviewed by you. Do you have anything to add to that that you would want to ask me about Anything at all, except those dealing with my age or virility.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no worries, Dave. I appreciate the presentation, and it was a great speech. And uh, that's that's why we invited you here, it wasn't uh, to, to interview, uh, interview you per se. Uh, I think this is great knowledge. Really, I think, you know, a mindset shift for most folks. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that people uh, don't necessarily like selling. Uh, from the homeowner's perspective, people don't like being sold to. So I get the whole kind of adversarial role and how you can sort of become an, an, an antagonist. So I love that that sort of storyline there. And uh, I think that by implementing a lot of what you've shared today, these aren't things that you've just, you know, invented overnight. There's years and years of research and investment and and experience that goes into this. And, um, you know, I've been to one of your seminars. I've seen the energy. I know exactly what you're talking about. So uh, like you mentioned, I would advise people watching to uh, you know, go out there, uh, research Dave Yoho online. You'll find tons of great content. And if you'd like to learn more, then reach out or make it out to one of the events. But, um, well, I'd like to thank you, Dave, for taking the time to come and share your insight and your knowledge with us. This has been fantastic. I'm um, I, I genuinely uh, thrilled to have had you uh, come in and, and share this knowledge on the Academy with us and our listeners, so thank you for that. So
1: in, in response, Mark, I would also like to say, uh, see, if you think knowledge costs money, if you think it costs money, it's expensive, you must look at the price of ignorance, the things that people do because they don't know anything else to do. And uh, long ago in my career, I took extended studies in clinical psychology to understand people. Well, why are they? you think thinking, feeling, and saying. So, if you were to see the science of successful, I taught a guy to do this. We have a, a a print format that he follows. And if you've been selling for a number of years, it goes against your grain to want to have. Why should I have to do that? For the same reason that a guy who's a popular actor has to read a script. It has to appeal to the listener. So we've done that. And yes, if you come out to one of our programs and you watch us, I have been in this. I graduated from college in 1949. You do that arithmetic. I took the first job I could get. I had an undergraduate degree in business by then, and I couldn't get a decent job in 1949. I took selling because it was my only opportunity. And I praise the Lord every day by saying, thank God he led me to this. Most people defer education, and they want a shortcut. There's no shortcut to what I do. I do this kind of work, and I do it effectively because I believe in these things. I I have practiced all these things. I've taught thousands of people to do it, and I ask the guy to take the first step. And it isn't only you, you make two investments, and the monetary investment is this. It's peanuts. Here's where you invest money and your time. And you've invested time in listening to me today. And we do a webinar, we'll get a 1,000 companies on a webinar, and we watch to see who, who will tune out. And the style, well, think now about me being a salesperson and you being my customer. And you think about that, You're, I'm in a house, and I meet these people. And I don't get this flamboyant immediately with them, but I bring energy to it, persuasion to it, and optimism, and discipline. And I wrote a book about it called How to Have a Great Year Every Year. That's one of them became a bestseller. Energy, persuasion, optimism, and discipline, but you got to practice it. And the more you practice it, the more you go and find out and invest in something. I would for me invest in something else, but invest in learning the techniques that can get you one more sale every week from those leads that you didn't sell. And if it's only one more sale a month and your average sale is $20,000 and you do that, for that's all. keep in mind what that is. If that's $20,000, that's $240,000 extra revenue that you produce. That's why bend in to selling. And we will be doing our first live. We're going to be ahead of the pack. We're doing our first live program. It'll be three days. It'll be uh, in the Washington, D.C. area near the uh, Dulles Airport, three days. And uh, go online and check us out and find out about it. It'll be a sellout. And we're spending a lot of money. We're shooting crap. We spend a lot of money on getting a room that can hold thousands of people. And we're only going to put 191 people in that one room and another 50 to 60 to 80 in a separate room. But check us out. And Mark, I want to tell you, I really do appreciate the opportunity to be with you today.
0: Well, thank you, Dave. Thank you for for sharing. I appreciate that. And we'll get the links up uh, for that event in the uh, show notes below so that anyone interested can go and, uh, and learn a little bit more. And uh, well, thanks again, Dave, for being here. That was fantastic. Appreciate your time. Thank you.